Welcome to episode three of Strictly Sports. I'm Andrew Schaefer. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to recap everything that went on, the two trades the Giants made, and the disaster that is the New York Giants. Uh, we're also going to get into the World Series a little bit. I also want to talk about the NCAA men's basketball pay-for-play trial that's been going on. It just came to a verdict, as well as the G League plan that they've decided to come up with. And we'll get it. We'll get into all that. And uh, so let's go ahead and start with the NFL. So again, I'm going to go through this relatively quickly. Um, so basically what happened was the talk of the town has been that the New York Giants are an absolute train wreck. And let's be honest, they're a train wreck. Um, they lost on Monday night, you know, they lost 23-20 to Atlanta. Eli Manning threw for 400 yards. And, you know, the problem with the Giants is they just continue to get worse and worse and worse as the season goes on. You know, they trade Eli Apple to New Orleans. That's okay. Eli Apple was a locker room problem, and his mom was very vocal about it. And, you know, now he's in New Orleans. Then you got Damon Harrison who was a former Jet, obviously was very good for the Jets, and the Jets chose Mel Wilkerson, and that was just a disaster. But the Giants traded him for a fifth-round pick to Detroit? A fifth-round pick, people. This guy is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. They just paid him a contract, and now you're trading him for a fifth-round pick? Boy, if he got you a fifth, what the hell is Eli Manning going to get you? A sixth? I mean, my God. I mean, the Giants are the biggest embarrassment in the NFL. They are the biggest embarrassment in football. Even worse than the Raiders. And the Raiders are bad. Trust me. John Gruden's running them to the ground. But boy, the Giants are a true embarrassment. I mean, there is no question they are an embarrassment to the NFL. They're an embarrassment to New York. You know, it just feels like they're one of the other New York teams. Like, the Mets, the Islanders, the Jets, the Rangers, every New York team, they all seem to struggle. They all just seem to be rebuilding, it seems like, every year. We just have not gotten a championship team in this town. You know, the la- think about it. The last championship a New York team won was 2011. That was the Giants winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a long time. But guess what? Most people outside of New York, they don't care. They hate New York, just like New York hates Boston. But I'm going to make the argument today that Boston, currently, at the moment, is the best sports town to be a part of. You got New England Patriots. We know what they've done. You've got the Boston Celtics. They're going to be in the NBA Finals this year. You've got Boston Bruins. They're going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you've got the Boston Red Sox. They're in the World Series. So look at all the other New York teams. The Yankees lost in the first round of the playoffs. Mets didn't make the playoffs. The New York Rangers not making the playoffs. The Islanders not making the playoffs. The Jets not making the playoffs. The Giants not making the playoffs. So, oh, and then there's the Knicks. So New York is a rebuilding town. 
and they always have been, and it feels like forever. The only team that seems to have had any kind of success recently were the Yankees and the Rangers. So I don't know, but I can tell you as a New York sports fan, it's the most frustrating thing to do. Honestly, I think a lot of New York sports fans are like, man, let's find some new teams because this is embarrassing. So anyway, I'm going to quickly go over the NFL. Um, you know, I obviously I spoke about the Giants. We won't go too much more into them because I really want to talk about what's going on with the G League and, and the pay-for-play trial. So uh, the Thursday night football game was between Denver and Arizona. Denver blew them out 45-10. Arizona looks terrible. They, they need to just clean house and start over. Uh, the Jets lost to the Vikings 37-17. These were the two teams that Kirk Cousins was down to. And uh, he chose Minnesota, obviously, because Minnesota could win. And, uh, you know, the Vikings obviously are a very good team. And no one expected the Jets to win this game. But the really sad part is now is that Blau Powell is having neck surgery. And Todd Bowles in his uh, weekly press conference said that it could possibly be career-threatening. And that's a big loss for the Jets. Blau Powell is one of their best players, one of their fan-favorite players. And unfortunately, he's done for the season, and we may never see him in a Jet uniform again. And that's really sad because he was a big part of what they did. And, um, you know, these things happen, injuries happen, and, you know, the Jets are just going to have to move on, unfortunately. Chargers beat the Titans 20-19 to in London. Tennessee went for two, didn't get it. Don't understand why they went for it. They should have just kicked the extra point, gone overtime, taking their chances. You know, usually... You go for two when you're on the road, but both these teams were on the road. So I would have, I understand, you know, you want to take a chance and try to win it, go for it. But now you just put yourself at three and four when you could have been four and three. Now you're three and four. Um, Chargers go to five and two and uh, good for the Chargers. You know, they're a team that's, you know, was questioned when they hired Anthony Lynn and Anthony Lynn's done a really nice job there. And it looks like they're going to be a playoff team this year. Patriots beat the Bears 38-31, ho-hum. Tom Brady once again did his thing, went to work. And, you know, Chicago, again, is just, they're fighting every week. You know, they, they've, you know, they're in a lot of these games, but, you know, some of these games they just can't finish. They have a sophomore quarterback, you know, and Mitchell Trubisky, you know, is a very, very good quarterback, and he'll be much better in the future. But I think the Bears have a really bright future. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year. They could. But, you know, if they don't, they'll definitely make it next year based on the way they're playing this year. Then you have Indianapolis and Buffalo. Indianapolis blew them out. I mean, Buffalo is bad. I mean, this is a team that that had a rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, got injured. They brought in Ethan Peterman through a pick six that made them lose the game to the Houston Texans. Then they signed Derek Anderson off the street. He throws three picks in this game. I don't know how you could expect Derek Anderson at 35, 36 years old to come in and win you a game. I mean, you have a better shot of of winning with a quarterback that's already on their team. You, know, you might as well go with Nathan Peterman. I mean, you drafted him. You might as well let him do his thing. But unfortunately, they signed Derek Anderson, a veteran guy, and they feel he can help the development of Josh Allen, just like the Jets did with McCown and Darnold. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... You know, Buffalo has bad management. They really don't know what they're doing. Uh, Lions beat the Dolphins 32-21. As I mentioned, they acquired Snacks Harrison for a fifth-round pick. That was a great move for them. Dolphins fall to 4-3. and three. They're kind of reeling a little bit. Tannehill was out with injury. Osweiler got the start. Actually played decent. The problem was their defense couldn't stop on Johnson. 
their rookie running back from Auburn who had 158 yards. Carolina played Philly. Uh, the Eagles had a 17-0 lead, lost 21-17. Carson Wentz played well. Zach Ertz played well. The problem was Carolina was just on a mission to win this game. Carolina looks like a team that could be in the NFC Championship game. You know, I think everybody expects the Rams to be there. And then there's about three teams, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Carolina, that'll be in the mix for that one spot. And we'll see how it all shakes out when the season ends. Now the Eagles are 3-4. and four. They're in a really tough spot. You know, and they're just going to have to find ways to win more games. They've got to find more balance. Their running game is non-existent. They have to find more balance if they want to win games. Buccaneers played the Browns. This is one of the worst football games I've ever watched. I watched the entire overtime. This game should have ended in a tie. But Chandler Catanzaro hit a 59-yard field goal for Tampa Bay to win it. Cleveland's now 2-4-1. and one. Rumor is that Hugh Jackson may get fired soon. I mean, the guy was 1-31 coming into the season. I mean, I don't know why he didn't fire him last year. John Dorsey wanted to keep him, give him a chance. John Dorsey just bringing his own guy. John Dorsey came from Kansas City. Just bringing a, you know, one of Andy Reid's coordinators. You know, I mean, Philly did it. Look how it worked out for them. They brought in uh, Doug Peterson from Kansas City. He was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator. Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Browns are going to win a Super Bowl if they hire a Kansas City coordinator, but obviously it doesn't seem to hurt. And it's probably better than what they have right now. Houston beat Jacksonville 20-7. Jacksonville is one of these teams that is just spiraling out of control right now. Blake Bortles got benched for Cody Kessler, uh, the former USC quarterback and the former Cleveland Brown. You know, Jacksonville to me, reminds me of the Jets team that made the AFC Championship game in 2011 and 2010. You know, great defensive team, below average quarterback, and a decent running game. You know, the Jets had Sean Green and LaDainian Tomlinson. Jacksonville's Leonard Fournette, but he's obviously out due to injury, and that's killing them right now. Blake Bortles is Mark Sanchez. I understand Blake Bortles may be a little better, and he's bigger, but he's not much better than Mark Sanchez. And it's becoming a problem, and Jacksonville is going to be in the market for a guy, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or maybe it is Eli Manning. You know, we don't know. You know maybe Sam Bradford's a guy they can give a phone call to. Josh McCown maybe is a guy they look after. We'll see how it shakes out for Jacksonville, but it doesn't look good. Saints beat the Ravens 24-23. Ravens missed an extra point to tie. That was the missed First missed extra point of Justin Tucker's career. Um, it's a really unfortunate time to miss it because that would have tied the game, forced overtime. Now the Saints are 5-1. and one. Baltimore falls to 4-3. and three, And we'll see what happens with Baltimore. I, I still think they're going to make it. You know, the AFC has not really had a lot of good teams this year. A lot of teams middle of the pack. I think Baltimore is definitely going to stand out above everybody else, but we'll see how it, how it goes. For Baltimore, the Rams blew out the 49ers, 39-10. No Garoppolo, torn ACL. Cherigoff was great. Gurley was great. No one expected this game to even be close, and it wasn't. So the Rams go to 7-0. 49ers are now 1-6. The most important game on the schedule was Washington-Dallas. That was played in Washington. The Redskins ended up winning that game 20-17. Kansas City is now 6-1. Cincinnati's 4-3. They're kind of reeling a little bit. But it's very hard to win at Arrowhead anyway. Mahomes threw four touchdowns. He was outstanding. Kareem Hunt scored as well. And Kansas City looks like a team that's going to be a dominant home team. And on the road, they're going to have to outscore guys to win games. And that's why home field advantage is so crucial for Kansas City. Because the defense can feed off the crowd. And if they're able to feed off the crowd, 
and Kansas City could go to the Super Bowl. Then we had the disaster on Monday Night Football. That was one of the worst games I've ever watched. Atlanta beat the Giants 23-20. As I mentioned, the Giants traded Eli Apple to the Saints. Damon Harrison was traded to Detroit today. The problem is now is that Eli Manning is stuck with the Giants. Nobody wants Eli Manning. Um, You know, and Pat Shermer was concerned. You know, there was a video going around of Pat Shermer mumbling or lip reading, saying, why didn't Eli throw to Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Eli intentionally didn't throw to Odell, but Eli Manning on a fourth down play, you've got to throw to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's top five receiver in the league. He's getting paid like one. And, uh, you know, I think the funniest part is the one guy who hasn't said a word is Saquon Barkley. I mean, he hasn't said one word. He's gone about his business. He's been great for them. And... I just want to pose this question really quick and uh, I'll give you guys something to think about is do you think the Giants regret taking Barkley like should they have taken Darnold or do you think they regret paying Odell 95 million because you can make the argument for both you could say okay if they had Sam Darnold then maybe we wouldn't be talking about Eli Manning playing so bad because Sam Darnold would have been in or Do you, do you think paying Odell Beckham was a bad idea because now all he's going to do is complain because he's not getting the ball? So, uh, it's an interesting debate. I tend to be that I wouldn't have paid Odell the $95 million. I would have drafted Barkley. Um, Barkley's a great running back, franchise player. You knew it come, when he was coming out. So, that'll wrap up the NFL portion of the podcast. Up next, we're going to talk about the NCAA pay-for-play trial that's going on. So college basketball is about 10 days away, which I know is hard to believe. We're almost in November. But the uh, they've been having this trial going on for NCAA basketball. It's a pay-for-play trial. Basically, for those who don't know college basketball, there's a lot of illegal recruitment going on of players getting paid to play at these certain schools. So the three schools that were mentioned in this trial were Kansas, Louisville, and NC State. And basically, there were three people involved, an employee from Adidas, a former Adidas consultant, and a former runner for an agent. It was a three-week trial. They had a bunch of people speak, and they came to an agreement that those three guys were guilty of paying players to go to their schools. And... Obviously, one of the people that was involved was Brian Bowen. Brian Bowen signed at Louisville, and then Rick Pitino was fired because they claimed that he knew about a payment that Adidas made $100,000 to his father. Now, Rick Pitino obviously has flatly denied any accusations against him. He obviously left Louisville. He is now retired as a coach. Um, I happen to believe that if Rick Pitino was found innocent, he'd probably go back into coaching. Uh, But to me, him retiring signifies that he knows everything that went on and he doesn't want to get involved. Now, uh, some of the players that are also involved, some of them are in the NBA, guys like Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Ayton. These guys were paid to go to school by sneaker uh, companies. So don't put the schools at fault. 
It's not the school's fault. Okay? It's it's the shoe companies that really got involved. They paid Dennis Smith Jr. a certain amount of money, you know, 100000 150000 to go to NC State. And... You know, I, I, know, I know Brian Bowen was paid, his father was paid $100,000 from Adidas to get him to go to Louisville. Brian Bowen obviously decommitted. Rick Pitino was fired, as I mentioned. Brian Bowen now is playing, I believe, in Australia. You know, Bill Self has, is actually holding out one of his current players, Silvio D'Souza. Um, he's holding him out until they figure out the trial because he's also involved in the trial. But it's very interesting how this is all playing out. You know, there's other assistant coaches involved. I believe Arizona's involved, Oklahoma State, USC. Their three coaches are involved. All those guys lost their jobs. Their trial's not till April. Um, and then, kind of like the god of college basketball, Coach Krzyzewski, head coach at Duke, came out and said, quote, I would think that Wednesday's verdict means something good for our sport. It's always good if someone does something wrong, they're found out, and they're held accountable for it. So I think what this tells me is that Coach K really wants this game to be found clean. Now, whether or not you believe Coach K illegally recruits, that's your opinion. I happen to think that he doesn't have to illegally recruit because he gets all the talent in the world anyway. Because he coached Team USA, he coaches at Duke, he made Duke. He's one of the few coaches that doesn't have to illegally recruit. Now, based on this year's recruiting class, you could say that because he has the top three freshmen in the country. R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Zion Williamson. So... You, know, you can make the argument however you want. I don't think he illegally recruits. I think there are other coaches that do. I'm not going to mention any names. But I don't think he's one of them. I don't think he needs to. It's completely unnecessary for him to do it. Now, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. We're going to go to a different sort of payment, and that's the G League uh, payment that they've decided to come up with. And it's a plan that's been proposed and the plan is that instead of college, you go to the G League to, uh, you know, to play in the NBA. You know, it's a pay, you know, you get paid and, you know, you're going to play with G League, you know, almost NBA talent players. Now, the difference is when you're at college, they care about your development, right? They care, obviously, because you're representing their program. When you're in the G League and you're not drafted yet, they don't care about your development because you're just a nobody to them. They care about guys who have already signed an NBA contract and guys that have rights. These kids won't have rights. They're just going to go in, play a year in the G League, and that's it. The difference is they're getting paid. So now I'm going to give an example close to my heart, which is Darius Baisley. He signed to play at Syracuse, and he decommitted in the summer. And he decided he wanted to play in the G League. And Jim Beheim, head coach of Syracuse, came out and said that, you know, good for him. Let him do what he wants to do. When I first heard that news, I didn't think it was going to be successful. I just don't see the G League as a path of development for those guys. Most of the top players in the NBA today all went to college. I really don't think any of them would change their mind. You know, because when you look at guys currently in the G League on NBA contracts, how many of them get called up? Not many. You know, it's they get called up, you know, when their team is selling and, you know, they're at the after, it's after the trade deadline. But it's it's very rare that you see guys make it out of the G League. Sean Kilpatrick was one of them. Langston Galloway was another one. 
know, I mean, there's certain guys, but it's not many. You know, Robert Covington uh, from the Philadelphia 76ers made it as well out of the G League, but it just it doesn't happen very often. And I think this would be a very difficult path for somebody to take. Um, but anyway, so Darius Baisley ended up, actually ended up leaving the G League, and now he's just training by himself. Which I think guys could do. You know, they don't want to get injured, so they take the year off, and they train for themselves. Now, you're not playing five-on-five. You're not playing in scrimmages. You're not playing in practice. You're not playing against guys at your level. You're just training in the gym every day, practicing by yourself. And, you know, I think I think really the only positive thing about this is the money. You know, obviously there's a lot of negatives. There's older guys playing in that need the job more than they do. It's going to be very tough for them to make it in the G League and tough to get playing time. Because a lot of these, like I said, a lot of these guys have rights and it's going to be very difficult. Uh, I understand the the option for them. I, I you know, I mean, LeVar Ball came out with an option of having a secondary league. and No one seems to be talking about that. So, and, you know, I, I just, I don't see this working out. I think it'll be an option. But I don't think it crosses too many college guys' mind. Because they want to play in college. They want to be the best player in college basketball and then be a top five draft pick. If you're the best player in the G League, like, you're going to end up being like a middle of the lottery. You know, you're not going to be an NBA because you don't because the G League doesn't get the recognition that college basketball does. College basketball is on national television all the time. The G League, you can't even find them on local television. You know, the Westchester Knicks, they're on MSG, but they're on like once a month. I mean, I mean, you, you know, nobody wants to watch them either, granted. But the G League just doesn't get the same exposure that college basketball does. And I think players would be making a mistake going to the G League instead of college. I do. I just, I feel it would be a major mistake. Um, you know, I'm sure guys will try it because they want to be the first guy to make it through the G League. That's wonderful. But, I mean, you, I mean, we'll see what happens with this going forward. I mean, there's still five of the top 13 players in the 2019 ESPN 100 haven't committed to a college. We'll see if any of those guys decide that, you know, maybe they want to take the G League route. But I'm telling you, when, you, when you're not under an NBA contract, they're not going to care. They're just not. They're, they're going to care more about the guys that have the contracts and are making the money and have the rights. And, you know, one of the big recruits is Isaiah Stewart. He's uh, considering, you know, most of the top schools, Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse, Kentucky. And he actually told ESPN, quote, it's pretty cool that they're at least installing an option for high school players that don't want to do college. But... His eyes are set on college, and quote, the G League was never a thought that crossed his mind and still hasn't. You know, and that's, it, I, I just feel it's a big risk. It's an interesting option. There's no question because there's money involved, but it, it's a big risk. And a lot of these kids now with social media and everything that's going on today and advertising and all that, they want to be a part of a college atmosphere, you know, because college atmospheres are growing on Instagram and social media and you know, they want to be a part of that and they could, you know, potentially have, you know, a great college career, a one or two year college career, go to the NBA and make millions of dollars being a top 10, top 15 lottery pick. So that's, that's that. Uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit to baseball and then we're going to end the podcast. Uh, obviously the World Series is going on between the Dodgers and the Red Sox. The Red Sox won last night, uh, eight to four. 
Uh, obviously, Clayton Kershaw did not look good last night. Uh, you know, even though he went five innings, I just I didn't think he had it from the beginning. He's obviously had these demons where he doesn't do well in the playoffs. And personally, I would have taken him out after the second inning or even in the middle of second inning. You know, Benintendi knocks in bets to make it one nothing, And then it becomes 2 nothing. All of a sudden, you're thinking, uh-oh, does Kershaw not have it tonight? And the Dodgers... The Dodgers, I would have pulled Kershaw because the Dodgers' bullpen this postseason is a 1.3 ERA. When you have a bullpen that's that good, you got to use them. Now, I understand it would have deteriorated your bullpen for tonight's game, you know, between Hunjun Ryu and David Price. I happen to believe the Dodgers are going to win tonight. Uh, I happen to believe the Red Sox are going to win the World Series. Anytime, I mean, David Price won his first playoff game. And... That, to me, just screams destiny. You know, I mean, he had, he's 0-9 or 0-10, whatever he was. And to me, it just screams destiny that they're going to win the World Series. I do believe the Dodgers will win tonight. They'll split it 1-1. And then Game 3, we'll see what happens when they go out to L.A. But, uh, you know, last night, I, I, if I was Dave Roberts, I would have taken out Kershaw. I would have brought in, you know, one of their long relievers. Um, you know, and gone from there. But he didn't want to burn the bullpen. Kershaw only gave up two runs, and they got in the fifth inning. You know, Chris Sale, he got taken out because he had a high pitch count. He 91 pitches through four-plus, and they had to take him out. I still have questions about the Red Sox bullpen, but they're proving me wrong so far. I mean, we're only in game one. Got a long way to go. But I'm going to be interested to see how the bullpen uh, plays it out. So the next podcast will be Friday. Uh, we're going to mostly talk Champions League soccer. I know... Like I said, I've been meaning to do that for a while. I figured I'd wait till after today's games ended uh, to kind of recap that. We'll also recap, uh, you know, some other stuff as well. You know, we'll we'll talk about the NBA a little bit uh, on Friday. We're going to get to why that suspension between Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, Brandon Ingram, you know, the whole beef behind it and what happened and and you know why it's why I felt the suspensions were not were not good enough. I thought they should have been higher. But we'll get into that on Friday. And uh, that'll do it for this podcast. I'm Andrew Schaefer. And this is Strictly Sports.